Welcome, my name is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and we thank you for taking some time to listen to some audio recordings from the pulpit of the Riverview Baptist Church. Our desire is to show the Lord high, holy, and lifted up, as well as try to be a blessing to those through the Word of God. Please enjoy this message, and we pray that it will be a blessing to your life. And if you wouldn't mind to take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to the Old Testament book of Exodus. The Old Testament book of Exodus and chapter number 19. The Old Testament book of Exodus and chapter number 19. As we travel with the children of Israel as they begin their wilderness wanderings, they take their first major pit stop outside of Mount Sinai as God has directed their path and they are about ready to receive the first portion of the law of God. We know that overall there are going to be 613 laws that God gives to these people and we'll discuss and give uh, understanding about these laws some other time. But the first portion that they receive is what we commonly call the Ten Commandments. And as they're outside, ready to receive this important event, there is some prep work that needs to be done because they are going to hear the Ten Commandments from God Himself. And so if you don't mind, look with me if you don't in the book of Exodus chapter number 19. The book of Exodus in chapter number 19, and if you don't mind, start with me in the book of Exodus chapter 19, starting at verse number 9. Exodus chapter 19 and verse number 9, the word of God says this, And the Lord said unto Moses, Lo, I come unto thee in a thick cloud, that the people may hear when I speak with thee, and believe when I I speak with thee. Or sorry, and believe thee forever. And Moses told the words of the people under the Lord. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go unto the people and sanctify them today, and tomorrow let them wash their clothes. And be ready against the third day, for the third day the Lord will come down in the sight of all the people upon Mount Sinai. And thou shalt set bounds unto the people round about, saying, Take heed to yourselves, that you go not up into the mount, or touch the border of it. Whosoever toucheth the mount shall be surely put to death. There shall not be a hand touch it, but he shall surely be stoned, or shot through, whether it be beast or man, it shall not live. When the trumpet soundeth long, they shall come up to the mount. And Moses went down from the mount unto the people, and sanctified the people, and they washed their clothes. And he said unto the people, Be ready against the third day, come not at your wives. And it came to pass on the third day in the morning that there were thunders and lightnings, and a thick cloud upon the mount, and the voice of the trumpet exceedingly loud, so that all the people that were in the camp trembled. And Moses brought forth the people out of the camp to meet with God. And they stood at the nether part of the mount. And the Mount Sinai was altogether on a smoke, because the Lord descended upon it in fire. And the smoke thereof ascended as the smoke of a furnace, and the whole mount quaked greatly. And when the voice of the trumpet sounded long and waxed louder, And louder, Moses spake, and God answered him by a voice. And the Lord came down upon Mount Sinai, on top of the mount. And the Lord called Moses up to the top of the mount, and Moses went up. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go down, charge the people, lest they break through unto the Lord to gaze, and many of them perish. Let the priest also, which come near to the Lord, sanctify themselves, lest the Lord break forth upon them. And Moses said unto the Lord, The people cannot come up to Mount Sinai, for thou chargest us, saying, Set bounds about the mount, and sanctify it. And the Lord said unto him, Away, get ye thee down, and thou shalt come up, thou and Aaron with thee. But let not the priest And the people break through to come unto the Lord, lest he break forth upon them. So Moses went down unto the people and spake unto them. 
And if you're in the habit of marking things in your Bible, will you mark a phrase that we find in the book of Exodus chapter number 19? Exodus chapter 19, and if you wouldn't mind, notice with me in verse number 20. Exodus 19 and verse 20, notice the phrase, the Lord came down upon Mount Sinai. The Lord came down upon Mount Sinai. And if you wouldn't mind, let's go to the Lord together and let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you again for you being a wonderful God. And as we come up to you, I discern that there are some matters that are on people's mind. There are things that they're thinking about of their day, their, their things that are going on, maybe job, health, other things. There are other things that are on their mind now. But as we come and we're learning these preparations, these instructions for meeting with you, I'm asking that you would enable us, even in the times that we can't ourselves, enable us to put aside all secondary matters, that our thoughts and our hearts and our attentions can be upon you. That you would be our focus. You would be our goal. You would be what we're looking at. You would be what we delight in and what we desire. That with anticipation we would learn your instructions here. That we would understand the principles that you gave in the process of meeting with you. I'm asking that you would just help us now to understand, to discern, that you would make it clear, and that you would make it so this way we're even better equipped to meet with you in the times that you set forth. Thank you again, Lord. Again, I recognize this message is far beyond me. So the best I know how, I surrender myself to you and ask that you would not only fill me with your precious spirit, but that you would also put your presence with us now. That we would have a meeting with you. That we would understand there is a holy God, that he's real, and that we want a fellowship with you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. your name we pray. Amen. What an important passage in history. Of course, everybody, whether they're churched or not, has heard about Mount Sinai and the giving of the Ten Commandments. At least anyone in America, anyone in Western civilization. We have all have this idea in mind. Even the lost world has some concept of the Ten Commandments and God giving the Ten Commandments down. This is an important event to have God meet with his people to instruct them. Notice, if you don't mind, as we uh, carry the idea in verse number 17. And Moses brought forth the people out of the camp of God to meet, or sorry, out of the camp to meet with God. You understand that our God is real? When we're having a church service, we're not having a social club. Our desire is not just to have fellowship with people and sing good songs and get an unlifted message. Our purpose is to meet with God. Our purpose is to see the God of the universe. To allow Him to work with us. That we may follow Him. Instruct Him. That we be prepared for what He would have for us. And in this important event... Moses has already talked with God and he has brought the people from Egypt to this place for this singular purpose that the people can meet with God. Now, for this meeting can happen, there is some things that needed to be taken care of. When meeting with God, there are some things that we understand occurs in the meeting with God. And so if you don't mind, I would like to take this passage here in Exodus 19 and part of Exodus 20. And I would like to show you what's all entailed in a meeting with God. The first thing I'd like to show you is there is preparation for meeting God. There is preparation for meeting God. Notice with me in verse number 9. And the Lord said unto Moses, Lo, I come unto thee in a thick cloud, that the people may hear 
Notice this phrase. This is going to be important later on. That the people may hear when I speak with thee and believe thee forever. And Moses told the words of the people unto the Lord. So God says, listen, Moses, what I want to happen is I don't want you to set up a cult. You know what a cult is. A cult has the idea that they have some guy who says that he's a representation of God and that he goes in between God and the people, but the people have no access to God. The people are just dependent on whatever that leader says. And God says, I don't want that. I don't want a cult going on. I want the people to know that it is me that speaks and that Moses is just my servant. And so this is important to God. This is very important. This is not things that came from Moses' imagination. The law that came did not come from Moses. It came from God. And so this is important that God is setting up this meeting with the people so that way they could all know that it's not Moses, it's God. And so because of this meeting being set up, God now gives Moses some instructions to help the people prepare themselves for the meeting. And if you don't mind, as they are preparing to meet with the king. By the way, there's always preparation to meet with the king. Let's say that the president of the United States was to come and visit us. Or you were tasked to meet with him. There's some preparation that you would have to go through in order to meet with him. If the governor came and he had an appointment, he had summoned you to go to his office, hopefully you have enough sense to have some preparation for yourself. It doesn't matter what you think of the person, it is the office that you respect. And there are certain things that you should do in preparation for it. There is an idea that there is a preparation for this meeting. And much more than a governor. And much more than a king or a president. They are meeting with the God of the universe. And there is preparation that needs to be done. Notice there's a list of things that God gives Moses to instruct the people before they meet with God. The very first thing is they were to sanctify themselves. They were to sanctify themselves. So we could see in this preparation meeting of God that there was a us. Uh, they were to sanctify themselves. Notice with me in verse number 10. And the Lord said unto Moses, go unto the people and sanctify them today and tomorrow. Now, God gave them instructions. Sanctify the people. Now, if we want to know what that means, we have to define our terms. What does it mean to sanctify here? Here it carries the idea to concentrate, to cleanse, to make holy. It carries the idea that the people were supposed to make sure they were as right with God as they possibly could be and be dedicated to him. Meaning that before they approach God, you wanted to make sure that you were right with him. You did not want to approach God with all kinds of unconfessed sins that probably wouldn't turn out well. You would not want to go up to him with some sin or something in your mind that says, I don't care what God says, I'm not getting rid of it. Probably not the best way to approach God. There's an idea of sanctify themselves, so there's an idea of cleansing, but it also carries the idea with it to dedicate yourselves. You know, can you imagine someone going up to an elected official who carries some prominence, some honor with it, and going up and saying, listen here, bub, I don't care what you say, I hate you, I hate your guts, I hope you die, and spit, and say, listen, I'm not going to obey. Probably the meeting is not going to go well. But the idea here is that the people were supposed to take some time, three days First two days were dedicated to sanctify. What you need to do is you need to make sure that you have nothing between you and the Savior. Nothing between you and God. And you need to spend some time to dedicate yourself to Him. To say, Lord, whatever you tell me to do, I'm willing to do. You're the master, I am not. This was not done at a drop in a hat. They were given a couple of days to make sure that they were right. This is important. They're going to stand before God Almighty. Make sure you are sanctified. 
Make sure that you are as thoroughly right with God as possible. Make sure that you're ready and you're dedicated to Him. So whatever He tells you to do, you're willing to do. If somebody comes up to a meeting with God and says, I don't care what you say, I'm not going to obey you, that meeting won't go well. You know, if you're going to have a meeting with God, there's probably going to be some instruction involved. But if somebody's arched their back, already prepared before the meeting starts to kind of be resistant, it's not going to be very productive. So God says, this is important. I need them to sanctify themselves. I need them to prepare themselves. I need to make sure that they're confessed up, they're as right with God as possible, and that they're dedicated, ready to meet with God and respond properly to whatever he gives. That was the first thing. Notice there's a second thing that was very practical in verse number 10. And the Lord said to Moses, go unto the people and sanctify them today and tomorrow and let them wash their clothes. Now, this sounds like a small thing, but there is something about a preparation in what we wear that puts something in mind of the meeting that we have. Now, I don't know about you ladies, but what guys typically will do is if they can't find anything immediately, they go to the dirty clothes hamper and they do the sniff test. It smells all right, and they go. And they just go without any forethought. They're just going out the door. But with the idea and the command to wash their clothes comes the idea that they need to be prepared not only in the inside, but there's an outside. They need to be ready for approaching God with respect. For example, if you knew that you were going to meet with the president, knew that you were going to meet with the governor, hopefully you have enough sense. I understand our world has not been taught respect and has lost ethics. But there's something about ethics and respect, about that you putting on your best before you meet with someone of a higher rank. That's something that's not taught anymore, but that's basic courtesy. That's basic ethics. That's things that are taught in the Bible that it, with the idea of how to respect someone of a higher authority. There's something about it that you do your best because isn't God worth your best? There's something about it. Something about preparation. Something about preparing yourself. Even the idea of when do you prepare to go to church? On Sunday night or Saturday night. You say, what do you mean? What I mean is that you put out your clothes. You already decide what you're going to wear. You find the socks. You find the kids' shoes. Because if you don't, on Sunday morning, you're going to be looking for that lost shoe that can't find it. You're looking all over the house. And now your heart's not prepared for the meeting with God. You're just lucky that you survived. Well, taking some time the night before... To have the clothes ironed, set out, prepared. You know what you're going to wear. You've found everything. The coats are already prepared. You're better prepared for your heart. You are saying, I am ready for this meeting. I have put some forethought into it. I am prepared to meet. Not just in the inside, but on the outside. And it does matter what you wear. God puts a lot of emphasis on clothes throughout the Bible. He wouldn't have done that if it didn't matter. It does matter. It does matter. That's why God gave this instruction and put an emphasis, wash your clothes, be prepared, have some forethought about what you're wearing because you're meeting with God. And if we all say that we're meeting with God, shouldn't we follow the same suit of having preparation? The first order of business. They were to sanctify themselves. Second order, they were supposed to wash their clothes. Notice there's a third thing here in verse number 11. And be ready. And be ready against the third day. For the third day, the Lord will come down to the side of Mount Sinai. What we see third of all is there is an anticipation. An anticipation it is a big deal to go meet with God. You are supposed to take time to anticipate it. It is a big deal. Not like, oh, well, tomorrow I think there's an appointment. I think I got something going on. Mm. But there should be an anticipation. 
I get to meet with God. If some of you again were had an appointment to meet with some famous person, with some elected official, it wouldn't be like, you know, I ain't no big deal. You'd be telling everyone, you know who I get to meet with? You may not even like the guy, but you know who I get to meet with? There's an anticipation. There is something to it. Are you looking forward to the meeting? Are you putting some forethought to the meeting? Is it a big deal to you? It should be a big deal. It should be anticipating this meeting. I am looking forward to this meeting. I am ready. I am mentally ready. I am prepared. I've been thinking about this. It's in my mind. It's not something that's in the back of my mind and oh, if I get to it. No, it's something that you're prepared for. You're anticipating this meeting with God. We see that there's a fourth thing here. Notice if you don't mind in verse number 12. And thou shalt set bounds Upon, uh, unto the people round about saying take heed or pay attention to yourselves that you go not into the mountain nor touch the border of it whosoever shall touch the mount shall surely be put to death and there shall not be a hand to touch it but he shall surely be stoned or shot through whether it be beast or man and it shall not live when the trumpet soundeth long they shall come to the mount what we see here is that there was another thing here. They were supposed to set out bounds. What does this mean? That God put instructions that he said, I don't want them just to rush the mountain. There needs to be boundaries. There needs to be standards. There needs to be borders put up. And they need to approach me, not how they think they should approach me, but they approach me the way that I said they shall be approached. That God set up bounds. We don't have the freedom to approach God. God was trying to make sure that some young punk kid wouldn't say, Oh yeah, and then start climbing in the middle of the the day, start trying to climb the mountain. I want to get to God. But there was bounds. There was things of preparation. You know, even Jesus made reference of this in John chapter 4, where he's dealing with a woman of the well, and she changes the subject to worship. And he said, there will be a time of true worshipers. They shall worship God In spirit and in truth. Even Jesus said, you can't worship God however you want. There are boundaries that God has set up. And that you have to worship him in two ways. Spirit and in truth. You have to, in the truth part, you have to do it in the way that God said. Do you know that God does not accept all worship? He does not. He only accepts worship in the way that he has prescribed And the order that he has proclaimed. You can only worship God the way that he said so. Someone said, that's not fair. I can do whatever I want. Well, he's God. You take it up to him. He's the boss. He's allowed to set the dictations. He's said, I don't like it. I'm sorry. But if you're going to honor God, if you're going to meet with God, you're going to meet with him in the terms that he says. Not whatever you say. He is God. And so they're supposed to sit at bounds. So we could see this first thing. They're going to have a meeting with God. And the very first thing is that there's a preparation with God. And with it, they were supposed to sanctify themselves. They were to wash their clothes. They were supposed to be ready, have an anticipation. And there was going to be bounds. There was going to be borders. There was a specific way that they were supposed to approach God. And they could not go beyond those bounds. All of this is in that preparation to meet with God. But there's a second thing in this passage here. Not only there is a preparation when meeting God, but we also see this. There is fear when meeting God. There is fear with meeting God. Now I know that flies against modern watered-down Christianity. But there is a fear with meeting God. He is the God of the universe. If you don't have a certain type of fear when you are meeting with God, you're going to go talk to the God of the universe and there's no fear, you are very foolish. This is the God of the universe. The God who spoke the very word worlds into existence. This is the God who has all power. This is the eternal God. 
The everlasting God. The omnipotent God. The omnipresent God. He is God. You know the Bible speaks about this. Even in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 1 verse 7. It says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. In Proverbs 9.10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And both of those passages, where does the knowledge of God and the fear of uh, the knowledge of God and the wisdom of God begin with? The fear of God. Where does the fear of God come from? The fear of God comes because of our knowledge of God, our, our, our intimate relation with God, knowing who He is. Now, it's one thing if you're walking in the supermarket, you bump into someone and say, Oh, I'm sorry, and, and go along your way, and someone says, You know who that was? And they tell you who it was. I didn't know who it was. Because you have no knowledge of who that person was. You didn't know how to respond to them. They're just another person. But when you approach God. Knowing that he is the creator universe. Knowing that one day he's going to be my judge. There should be a difference in that meaning. This is almighty God. And that God says it is the fear of the Lord that is the beginning of of knowledge, The fear of the Lord that is the beginning of wisdom. That is the very first place that we start with. With who God is. I should have a respect, a fear for him. And just to emphasize this. God lets the people know exactly who he is. Notice with me as we turn and look to Exodus chapter 19. Pick it up in verse number 16. And it came to pass on the third day in the morning. That there were thunders and lightnings and a thick cloud upon the mount and the voice of the trumpet exceeding loud so that all the people that were in the camp trembled. Now remember, let's put this in a context, there's two and a half million people. Now I know some of you consider yourself to be pretty loud. But you're not loud enough that without the aid of anything for everyone to hear you. Two and a half million people to hear you. So God is making sure he has the attention of everyone. And so as the morning broke and the people are preparing to meet with God. God starts off with his pomp and circumstance. He starts off with thunderings. And lightnings. The people could see the lightnings go upon the mountain. They could feel the rumblings. And then the voice of the trumpet. We know that in the Bible it refers to the voice of the trumpet. With the uh, voice of God quite a bit. Of course we don't know how God sounds. We've never heard it. I'm sure it's not a high squeaky voice like me. I'm sure it's got some bass to it. And I'm sure it's got some volume to it. That's why they called it the voice of a trumpet. And so God, with a voice of a trumpet, thunders and lightning. And that all the people in the camp, how did they respond? They trembled. There was a fear. Now, it could have been the first couple of days, we're going to meet with God. What's that going to be like? Well, now as the thing came, they start to get a sense of what it's going to be like. They begin to tremble. This is God. Maybe some of them didn't believe it before. Maybe some of them had kind of played it off. But without a doubt, the whole camp knew the power of God. And they trembled. Notice as we go on in verse number 17. And Moses brought forth the people out of the camp. So out of where they were meeting with They were dwelling, so out of their their encampments, their tents, and he brought them as a congregation close to to Mount Sinai to meet with God. And they stood in the nether part of the mount. And Mount Sinai was altogether on a smoke, because the Lord descended upon it in fire. They had thunders. They have lightnings. They have the trump of God. And the people feared. And as they all gathered close, the fire of God fell in this cloud of smoke. And now people are really afraid. This is God that we're speaking about. This is real God. Almighty God. Powerful God. Notice. The Lord descended in in a fire and the smoke thereof ascended as the smoke of a furnace and the whole mount quaked 
greatly. You have the thunders. You have the lightning. You have the trumpet of God. You have the fire of God come down. And the whole earth began to shake. The mount shook greatly. The land is rolling. And they are understanding they are in the presence of God. Not a little G God. Not an imaginary God. Not a made up God. But the God of the universe. Verse number 18. And Mount Sinai was altogether on a smoke because the Lord descended upon it in a fire and the smoke thereof ascended as the smoke of a furnace and the whole mount quaked greatly. And when the voice of the trumpet sounded long, the whole time this voice of a trumpet is still going on and it went on long and waxed louder and louder. Moses spake and God answered him by a voice. So you can see as the people are gathered and the trump of God is going louder and louder. And Moses says, God! And God goes back and says, Moses! And he speaks back to him. And the Lord came down upon Mount Sinai and at the top of the mount. And the Lord called Moses on the top of the mount. And Moses went up. Now what happened here? Moses is saying, God, you're scaring them! God! Stop! And Moses and God says, Moses, come here. Yes, sir. Wouldn't you hate to be the come here after that? And so God calls him up. But we could see that when you're meeting with God, there should be a fear there. We're meeting with Almighty God. Now we understand in a time like this, we're not having the visible presence of God. But the Bible does say that where two or three are gathered, there he is in the midst. That is, we're trying to line up God, uh, the word of God. And as we're trying to be obedient to God, that there is an expectation that God will show up. And we want God to be here with us. And there should be a forethought. There are so many churches today where God is not even invited and not even missed. Because the people aren't looking for him. There's no anticipation. There's no preparation. And there's no fear. But we want to meet with God. I hope that's your desire. You want to meet with God. Notice is there something else here. That we start off that there's a preparation with meeting with God. That we know that there's a fear with meeting God. There's also the respect when meeting God. There's respect when meeting God. Notice this. As we continue on. In uh, Exodus chapter 19. Notice with me if you don't mind in verse 21. And the Lord said unto Moses. Go down and charge the people. Lest they break through unto the Lord to gaze. And many of them perish. And let the priest also. When, which come near to the Lord. Sanctify themselves. Lest the Lord break forth upon them. And Moses said unto the Lord, The people cannot come to Mount Sinai, for thou chargest us, saying, Set bounds about the mountain, mount and sanctify it. And the Lord said unto him, Away, get thee down, and thou shalt come up, thou and Aaron, and with thee. But let not the priest and the people break through to come up to the Lord, lest he break forth upon them. And Moses went down unto the people and spake to them. So, Moses goes up the mountain and says, all right, God, you're here, they're here. What do you want? You know, expecting the instructions. And God says, all right, what you need to do is make sure that the people know to mind those boundaries. Mind those boundaries, because if they break those boundaries, I'm going to kill them. That's a major thing. Why is they minding the boundaries? Because you always got someone who can't stand the sight of a no trespass sign. It doesn't matter if you got goofballs out in the middle of the desert going to go take on Area 51 or some other thing. There's just people that they don't like the boundaries. And God says, go down and you make sure that they mind those boundaries. That they don't cross that line. And I want you to gather Aaron and the elders and you come up and I want them to be up here when I'm giving these instructions. I want to give them this. To don't move these boundaries. Don't move forward against them. But now the people are, are, um, are waiting. This is an amazing thing to have the thunders and the lightnings. The fire of God and the trump of God. And the ground shake. And the people 
How are they going to respond? Some of them may be like, man, if that's God, let's run right to him. God says, no, don't let him do that. Don't let him do that. What we're understanding here is that there's respect with meeting with God. What does this mean, by the way? What are we talking about? Well, here we understand who has the ultimate authority to determine what's right and what's wrong. God does. God does. He did not ask the people what they think. By the way, what makes anything wrong? Because God said it was wrong. That's the only thing that makes anything wrong. It's because God said it was wrong. He's the ultimate judge of right and wrong. Now we live in a society where they say there's no absolutes and whatever you determine what is right, it's right in your own eyes. But that's very dangerous. God is the one who sets up what's right. He's the one that's going to be our judge. So therefore we have to do what he says, not what we think. We need to do what he says because he's the judge. There was a respect to it. If God told me to wait here, then I'm going to wait here. If someone disobeys those rules, it's because there's a lack of respect. All right, so you have a parent who tells their teenager, you're going to bed at 10 o'clock. If there is a respect for the teenager, he's going to obey the parent without a fight. If they do not, there's a lack of respect against that authority of whom that person is. Well, if somebody hears from the pulpit an open Bible, this is what God says, and someone says, I don't care what God says, I'll do whatever I want, there's a lack of respect and honor for the authority, God. So you understand that God is saying, I'm putting bounds. But why can't the bounds be here? Why can't they be here? Not up to you. Your job is to respect those bounds. Again, people have a hard time with authority. But God is the one who set it up. And it's all a matter of respect. Do I respect him enough to obey the rules he gave me? And there should be an idea here. Which brings me to one last thing dealing with this passage The expectation when meeting God. The expectation of meeting God. Now as this passage goes into Exodus chapter 20, right away in Exodus 20, we find the Ten Commandments given. And so here the people are gathered at the Mount of God. That God has given instructions to prepare themselves. Then what we have is the instructions given. God shows up. There's a fear that comes. Then God gives them uh, more instructions. He brings up Moses and Aaron and the, and the elders. And he brings them to the mountain. Not all the way to the top where God is. But he brings them to the mountain. And then God speaks himself the Ten Commandments. You say, prove it. I'm glad to. This last thing I'm going to show you is the expectation when meeting God. And let's pick it up in verse number 18, right after God gives the Ten Commandments. Exodus chapter 20 and verse 18. Verse number 17 is the last of the Ten Commandments. So let's pick it up. The story already in progress. Pick it up in verse number 18. And all the people saw the thunderings and the lightnings and the noise of the trumpet, and the mountain smoking, and when the people saw it, they removed and stood afar off. So they hear the voice of God, they're watching all of this, and they start backing up. They start backing away. Uh Uh-oh, God's serious about this. They've been hearing this. Verse number 19, And they, the people, spake unto Moses. Now notice that, they spake unto Moses. Where was Moses when the Ten Commandments was given? Right with them. He may have been on the mountain uh, where God told him, but it was an idea that he was a little bit elevated. So people could see him, kind of like a platform is raised. But he's there amongst the people. They heard the voice of God give the Ten Commandments, and then God gives the Ten Commandments. They're like, Moses, you go talk to him. You go speak to him. We can't handle it anymore. Notice as they give this here. Verse number 19. And they said unto Moses, Speak thou with us, and we will hear. But let not God speak with us, lest we die. And Moses said unto the people, Fear not, for God has come to prove you, that his fear may be before your faces, that ye sin not. So, 
here the people are saying, Moses, you go speak to him. We thought we were ready to meet with God, but we're not ready to meet with God. Why don't you go and talk to him? Why don't you go speak with him? We're happy if you speak with him, and then you come back and tell us what he said. We like that deal a lot better. Do you know it is a lot of work to meet with God in person? And there are some people who are not prepared to meet with God. But that's why God gives an under-shepherd. He does provide a man to come and say, let me tell you what the Bible says. Let me tell you what God said to help instruct people with the idea that eventually the people would want to speak to God themselves. But there's this principle of the under-shepherd that the people are saying, you talk to him, God. You speak to or Moses, you speak to God. We'll be glad. Uh, we believe you now. We, we, we know that it's God speaking to you. We're fine with that. Uh, don't let, please, we're not ready for this. And they start backing away. Notice in verse um, number 21. And the people stood afar off, and Moses drew near under the thick darkness where God was. <laughs> And then what's happened is that God's going to give them some more instructions clarifying the Ten Commandments. But notice what Moses said unto them in verse number 20. He says, And Moses said unto the people, Fear not, for God is come to prove you. God is come to prove you. He's telling them that God performed all of this to prove the people or to put them to the test. The test was, would they continue to fear God and His power and his might enough not to continue in sin. That's what the test is. They heard God's voice for themselves. They heard God's instructions for themselves. Now are you going to obey? You heard it from God. It wasn't just that you heard it from a preacher. You heard it from God. Will you obey it? That's your test. It was a test to see how they would react without a mediator. The responsibility of dealing with God themselves. We're thankful for a mediator. And there is a mediator between God and man. The man Christ Jesus. That he's our mediator. But we also understand that God uses this principle of the under shepherd. Because it does take a lot of work to get with God. And by the way, the purpose is to get you to the place where you are responding to God for yourself. But you also have the under-shepherd who's helping point you to the Lord and direct to you. This is what the Bible said. We want you to find it. We want you to draw near. As an interesting thing, so God gave them the Ten Commandments. He spoke to them with his own words. They heard it. They saw the fire. They saw the trembling. They're saying, Moses, you go speak to him. Please, we can't deal with it anymore. You talk to him yourself. And Moses said, all right, I'm just letting you know, you heard these 10 commandments, these 10 rules for yourself, and God is expecting you to keep them. Now, I want you to use your divine imagination. I want you to put yourself there, Mount Sinai, and to hear the voice of God proclaim these 10 simple rules. Do you think you would at least be motivated to keep them? Maybe just a little, hopefully? Ten rules. How long if you heard God speak? I mean, it's one thing for the preacher to say it. It's another thing for him to open up the Bible and show you from the Bible yourself. But to actually hear God's voice speak it. How long would you think you could obey God hearing it for yourself? Oh, Knowing that these people had went through the plagues of Egypt, watched God open the Red Sea, heard the voice of God. This generation was blessed like no other. How did they do? Well, God calls Moses up. And for 40 days and 40 nights, he gives them instructions on the tabernacle. 40 days he's up there to get the instructions about building the temporary dwelling place of God. 40 days. And you know what happened? The people said, you know what? That was an amazing meeting with God, but we need to see God for ourselves now. It already wore off. Let's make us a golden calf. So that way we can honor God. Forty days. Forty days. Forty 
days they went to go worship. They broke almost all of those commandments in one night. Broke all of those commandments that God said for themselves. Now you say, why are you bringing a big deal out of this? What I'm bringing a big deal out of this is that there should be a preparation and anticipation for meeting with God. That you should be looking forward to meeting with God. Because the time that you stop looking forward to meeting with God. Stop making a big deal that I'm going to meet with Him. It is much easier to start sliding away and disobeying God's commandments. Because, oh, it's no big deal. No big deal at all. You have to keep in your mind it is a big deal. It is a big deal for us to assemble together at church. Just like God said. By the way, the book of Hebrews chapter 10 says, Forsake not the assembling of ourselves together. That's God's commandment. That's not pastor's commandment. That's God's commandment. And because it's God's commandment, and it's a place where we meet together with Him, we should have an anticipation for it. That's why it is a big deal. I'm, when I mention putting your clothes out on Saturday night, some people go, yeah, there's no big It is a big deal to prepare yourself, to look forward to it. I'm going to church with the anticipation I'm going to meet with God. That changes your whole church experience. We have all come to church some days Showing up to church out of duty and our mind is somewhere else. And we wished we were somewhere else. And guess what? You got out of it what you put into it. If you're not looking forward to church, you're not going to get much out of it. Now God, through his Holy Spirit, can still shake you awake and get your attention. But let me tell you, you'd get a lot more out of it if you look forward to being here. If you look forward to God speaking to me. Someone who says, preacher, I just don't get anything out of the messages. Well, are you looking forward to the messages? Are you prepared to look for it? You say, how can I prepare for the messages? Something as simple as having a piece of paper and pen. I'm expecting God to speak to me, and I'm waiting. Come on, God, tell me something. If you're looking forward to it, you should do, go to your own Bible reading that away. Well, preacher, I read my Bible, and I don't get anything out of it. Are you expecting to get anything out of it? If you are, I'm expecting God to say something to me. I'm ready to write it down. You understand, it's a simple thing, but it changes your anticipation. There are some people, without a doubt, that enjoy church more. Why? They're prepared for it. Now, if you wake up late and you just get through fighting with the family and kick the cat and run over the neighbor's garbage can and squeal into the church on two wheels and come up and you're putting your hair down as you're walking in, you're probably not ready for, to meet with God. You're still trying to get yourself prepared. What we're saying is that if we're meeting with God, there should be something to it. There should be preparation. There should be fear. Meaning that I know who God is. I, I am planning on meeting with God. I'm expecting him to show up. There should be preparation. There should be uh, <clears throat> um, a fear. There should be a respect. Meaning the idea, I'm not going to go out of the service. I don't care what God says. I'll do whatever. There should be enough respect. Because whatever God tells me to do, I'm going to do it. Because I know who he is. Then there should be an expectation. I'm expecting God to show up. I'm expecting God to do something. I'm expecting him to respond. That I've done all this work to get my clothes washed, to get them prepared, to read my Bible, to be prayed up, to be my mind ready, to do whatever I have to do to get my mind awake and the fog done. Coffeeed up if you have to be, caffeined up, prepared up, whatever you have to do. If I've made this much effort to be here in church and to look for God speaking I'm expecting him to meet me are you expecting you get in out of service what you put into service are you looking forward to it you get it out of your Bible reading what you put in your Bible reading you get out of your prayer talking with God life what you put in to your prayer life 
God says, if you draw near to him, he will draw near to you. What a wonderful promise. Now, he's already prepared. He's with arms stretched out. Come to me. He's waiting for you to take the step. I'm looking forward to meeting with God. I'm anticipating meeting with God. Your whole church experience will change drastically if you come looking forward to God showing up and speaking to you. Then if you just say, all right, I'm here. Go on without me. Wake me up when it's over and I'll go home. Are you anticipating meeting with God? You know why some people don't do that? They don't want to meet with God. They don't want God to tell them what to do. It's kind of like that old adage about kids being raised on drugs. They were drugged to church on Sunday morning, drugged to church on Sunday night. By the way, there's nothing wrong with that and everything good with that. But the desire is that they learn to seek God for themselves. They learn to seek God for themselves. And that we're desiring you to have that anticipation for yourself. So let me ask you, how'd you do today? Did you wake up this morning with enough time to prepare your own heart? Or was it last minute and then you had a fight with everyone getting out the door? That everything was in your way? Well, did you do prep work? Coming in tonight, did you just kind of wake up and just calculate How much time will it take me to get to church and I'll wake up one minute before that and rush out the door? Some people will enjoy services more because they're anticipating meeting with God. How did you do? Maybe you say, well, pastor, I probably didn't do the best I could today. We'll anticipate it. We have a service on Wednesday. You get to practice then. There's nothing else on Sunday. Are you looking forward to meeting with God. Thank you for listening to this audio message. This is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and I encourage you to take this information that you just received and make a specific decision to follow after the Lord. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, let me beg you to take the time to receive Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. If you are saved, I encourage you to make a decision in your life to help you get closer with the Lord. If there's anything specific we can do to be a blessing or to pray for you, we encourage you. Look us up on the internet at riverviewbc.com. Once again, that's riverviewbc.com. Or if you would prefer to call us, you can give us a call at area code 920 920- Five three zero six three zero eight. Once again, that number is nine two zero five three zero six three zero eight. If there's anything we can do to be a blessing or an encouragement to you, please let us know. We would love to make ourselves available. Thank you.